that when you uh, give a speech, you should open with a joke to uh, loosen up the audience. So um, here we go. <laughs> uh, what is the difference between COVID-19 and Romeo and Juliet? One is a coronavirus, and the other is a Verona crisis. <laughs> now, I really hope I don't get in trouble with Patrick for telling that joke. He, he has been very strict with us around here. He is trying to make rules about how we tell jokes during this pandemic. He told us the other day that we can only tell inside jokes. There's so many jokes about this coronavirus stuff, it's become a veritable pandemic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As I was preparing for tonight, um, the same word kept running through my mind community. Community. As many of you know, my father was the director of music at Laurel Heights Methodist Church, just right up Belknap. He retired there in 1998 after 40 years of serving as the director of music for that church. In those 40 years, he built a, a busy and vibrant music ministry. There were three children's choirs, two youth choirs, an adult choir, handbell choirs, he took the children's choirs every summer to camp at the HEB Foundation in Lakey, Texas. While we were there, we would swim and sing together and hike and cook out and we would play. We would begin every morning and end every evening with worship along the banks of the Frio River. Every June, he would direct the youth choir in a musical review. And then in July, he would take us all around the United States in buses. He started a senior adult ministry program that is still going strong today under the guidance of my mother, Susan Holloway, who took over the program after my father retired. Actually, Pamela Patty, member of this church and fellow alto in the choir, is a faithful member of the aptly named Super Adult Program. My father was also a very active member of the drama ministry at Laurel Heights. He directed and acted in many of the plays and musicals that they produced throughout the years at Laurel Heights, and I was able to be in many of those plays and musicals as I was growing up. Those are just a few of the things that my father did at Laurel Heights. Now, I, I tell you this not to brag on my father, although I do think that he's a pretty incredible human being. I tell you this so that you can get a glimpse into the environment that shaped me, community. The community of faith at Laurel Heights that I was raised in left an indelible imprint on my soul. To this day, my oldest and closest friends are those that I grew up with at Laurel Heights. The relationships that I have with these friends would not be the way that they are were it not for our shared experiences in church and in choir. Growing up Methodist, I was well-schooled in the stories of John and Charles Wesley and, and the great hymn-singing tradition that encompasses the Methodist church. 
Being especially the daughter of a director of music, you really understand the power that music holds. In fact, we could call the Methodist theme song, that beautiful hymn by Charles Wesley, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Services at Laura Heights were much more than just hoping for the biggest chunk of bread and the fullest shot glass of grape juice at communion, although there was certainly that. Worship was singing these beautiful hymns alongside my family. And then with my friends, when I got older, in, in the balcony or in the choir loft, we may have spent a good deal of the service and the sermon passing notes back and forth and trying not to giggle too loudly, but when it came to the, to the time to sing the hymns, we all stood up and joined in enthusiastically. I learned how to communicate with God through music. It was no great surprise when I announced that I would be going to Southern Methodist University to get my bachelor's in music made, uh, with the emphasis in vocal performance. Nor was it much of a surprise to anyone when upon graduation, I announced that I would be moving to Chicago to pursue a career in singing and acting. I lived there for about four years, and I did some singing and acting, but mostly I worked a lot of jobs in order to make ends meet. Among a few of the jobs that I have were being a barista at Starbucks, um, being a cater waiter, working in a property management company. Um, at one point, I waited tables at a little Italian restaurant in downtown Chicago that I soon found out was probably owned by the mafia. And much to the chagrin of my Methodist parents, was a bartender for a time. Um, after Chicago, I decided to return to Dallas and uh, leave behind my starving artist lifestyle. And I managed to make a living as a performer. I acted in many plays and musicals in Dallas and in Fort Worth. I recorded voiceovers for a lot of studios around town. I acted in some industrial films. I sang with jazz bands. I taught um, theater at the Dallas Children's Theater, and I taught private voice lessons out of my home studio. After a little while, I decided that I would come to San Antonio to pursue my Master's of Music in Vocal Performance. Now, this was supposed to be a temporary move, and that was in 2007. <laughs> when I left San Antonio, I left behind my ties to the church as a needed presence in my life. Church became a job, a means to an end, another gig. When I was at SMU, I would on occasion attend church at Highland Park United Methodist Church right next to the SMU campus. My cousins were members there, and if I attended church with them, they would take me afterwards to a really nice lunch. Lunches, especially nice lunches when you're a college student, are few and far between. The service was a means to an end. When I was in Chicago, one of the many jobs that I had was at the Chicago Temple, the first United Methodist Church there in downtown Chicago. I was the alto section leader and soloist, and I directed their children's choir. Singing in those services felt no more than another gig to me. It was just another singing engagement. I made no effort to make any connections with the church or the congregation beyond what was absolutely necessary for me to do my job. 
When I returned to Dallas, I became more of a freelance church musician, just going where the jobs were, singing wherever they would pay me. I would be with the Methodists one Sunday, with the Unitarians the next. And on the Sunday mornings when I wasn't working, I would blissfully sleep in and then linger over my morning cup of coffee, completely unaware of the growing hole in my life. When I returned to San Antonio, I was hired by Owen Duggan to sing here at Christ Episcopal in the choir. I sang here for a few years, and then I was asked to come to St. Peter's Prince of the Apostles Catholic Church in Alamo Heights to direct their adult choir. I stayed there as choir director for four years, and then I decided that I really wanted to go back to being a paid singer, and so I contacted Josh. And luckily there was a position for me here at Christ Episcopal. That was in 2015, and I've been here ever since. And I can say without a doubt that that is one of the best decisions I have ever made. I had no idea at the time that that simple change in job would bring me such abundant blessings. <sighs> Sorry. I have been restless for a good deal of my adult life. As you can tell, I've moved from job to job so frequently. At one point, I joked that maybe I had job ADD. <laughs> a few years ago, I tried to make a list of all the apartments and houses I had lived in between the ages of 18 and 35, and it was an embarrassingly long list. <laughs> I think that I was unconsciously trying to fill the void in my life left by the lack of spirit in my life. I attended church for the paycheck, but never let it touch my life in any other way. I never stopped believing or having faith. I just forgot what it meant to be a Christian, to truly live as a Christian. I failed to remember the importance of a personal relationship with God. Now, I am still a work in progress, and Lord knows I always will be. But the change I've seen in my life, the, the change that I have seen in my relationships with, with my family and with my friends, with, with everyone that I can come in contact with, I know that that change is from finally, truly trying to abide in the Spirit and from knowing that the Spirit abides within me. My song has changed, too. My song has once again become a glorious exaltation to God and not just another gig. This congregation has opened its arms to not only me, but to my family, and we have gladly stepped into its embrace. From worshiping alongside my husband Steve to watching my son Henry perform his acolyting duties with utter devotion, <laughs> to standing and singing next to my daughter Isabella in the choir, this church has blessed our lives in countless ways. It has challenged me to renew my relationship with Christ. In the past five years at Christ Episcopal, I have found what I didn't even realize I was missing, community. 